0: Another episode of LFC Talk uh, here at Hotel Tia. With me today, I've got two fine gentlemen and we've got so much to talk about. Obviously, we are talking a lot about the Champions League today, but we will also uh, look a bit forward to matches to come. We'll talk a little bit about royalty and who knows what, where else this podcast will take us. But with us today, we've got Kenny Robinson. How are you doing?
1: I'm very good. Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you for coming all the way across the water. Yep, thank you. And as always, the main man, David Fairclough. <laughs> I love you in green. He, he's oh. got like this beautiful keeper green uh, jumper on today. There you go. Finally Should not... To Ray
2: Clement. Yeah, and finally <laughs> uh, not
0: uh, city blue because he loves the city blue jumpers. Really? Oh, oh. yeah. He he looks well in them, no, to be he, fair. He looks
1: good and everything. <laughs> <laughs> Don't go too far. Okay. Okay.
0: Lads, we have to start with um, you, Kenny. Okay.
1: Um,
0: how did you become a Red?
1: Well, I was I was born in North Allen, Yorkshire. My dad was in the army, so luckily enough he had supported Liverpool his whole life, so I wasn't made to support Leeds or everything anything like that, which would have been devastating. So I was pretty much I wouldn't say forced, but because my dad supported them, his dad supported them. um, yeah, that's pretty much I just carried on. And, you know, he, he obviously told me about the good old days and, you know, and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, and then pretty much my whole life just obviously I with my dad being in the army, we lived in Canada and we lived in Germany for seven years and Ireland and, you know, a couple of other places. So weren't able to get to as many games as I would have liked. but sort of always watched them at a farm. We were able to go to the UEFA Cup final in 2001 against Alaves, which, you know, which is a highlight. But yeah, that's pretty much, pretty much me, my story of how I started supporting them. <laughs>
0: and how much time do you think Liverpool Football Club take of your week?
1: A, a ridiculous amount. I, I often get into trouble with my family because they take up so much of my time. There'll be family events that I've missed um, or just because they've they've crossed over with a game and, you know, my parents or, you know, partner or uh, brother would, you know, often get annoyed because I just miss it because I just, the thought of not watching a game, I just can't do it. I just cannot do it. It it takes up so much from, from when I wake up to, to when I go to bed and as soon as a full-time whistle goes, I'm straight away thinking about the next game and, um, yeah, it's just, Completely takes over my whole life. I wouldn't. Someone asked me a question the other day and said, "What would you do if football disappeared from the world tomorrow?" And honestly, it was a scary thought. It was a it was a petrifying thought. And I, I said to I said to him, "Don't ask me that ever again because I just I couldn't imagine it. It just doesn't imagine it. No football. I'm just a mad stop and think. Imagine no football. Like it, Yeah, it's scary. It's scary. So." short of it it's everything absolutely everything to me on par with my family <laughs> maybe me, me six me nine year old daughter's a bit ahead but <laughs> liverpool are very <laughs> liverpool are very 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 close <laughs>
0: david what would a life be without football
2: yeah you know what? i've never heard that sentiment uh made it, it is an interesting thought i um i uh, i was in a shop last week and um before the weekend, and uh, obviously all the football had been cancelled. And there were a couple of people in the in the shop saying, what am I, I going to do this weekend? There's no Premier League because uh, obviously they the blackout on on sports coverage." So um, it was a bit strange, actually. Nothing really to uh, uh, discuss, and nothing really to. Uh, to get you in front of the television, but I've never thought of it before. Actually, uh, it's got an interesting, uh, it's an interesting idea. Um, it'll look very, very different. That's for sure. Um, yeah, there'll be an awful lot of people in, a, in, a, in, a, in a, sad, a sad state of affairs. I think with no football.
1: Yeah, it'd be yeah, doesn't worth thinking about. And like I say, when the season's over, you know, we we struggle with you know eight weeks of no football. For it to be, I mean, COVID. Look, COVID. When there was no football during COVID, it was just—I just did not know what to do with myself at all. And I remember there was a there was a German Bundesliga game was I think one of the first games that was back um, post COVID. And I remember watching it, and I didn't care about any of the teams. I didn't know I have any affiliation towards any of the teams, but I was so made up just to be watching some sort of football. I remember when the whistle went and I was just... I was so into it and, you know, it was... How long was it? Was it like nine, six or seven months? I can't remember how long football went on for, but, yeah, the thought of it never being here, yeah, it gives me shivers, so... I think think (laughs) it's it's great to...
2: uh, It's great to play and uh, it's great to go and watch your... your, You know, your your kids play football and those type of things. But if you're watching big-time football, the one thing that... I immediately thought of when you, you, when you said about that, uh, the watching the games in, in COVID was uh, the lack of atmosphere, you know, and, and uh, German football was the first, I think, uh, to sort of to be televised uh, from my memory. And, um, and without fans, the, the football had no real interest, really. No. Uh, it, 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 football is about the fans.
0: Yeah, 100%. I remember the Faroe Islands were really early too. So um, I, I think especially in Norway, everyone was watching... Football, random football from the Faroe Island just to see something, see none. a ball rolling. Um, Kenny, if you look back on uh, everything you've seen and, and experienced with the Reds, what's your fondest memory or your strongest memory of being a Red? Uh,
1: my my fondest memory is is one that I mean, compared to David, it's 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 completely pales in comparison. But my one was the Cham- Istanbul Champions League final. Now. I was I think I was around 16 at the time. A lot of my friends were, you know, out. They liked their football, but they were out, you know, whether they were chasing girls or doing their own thing and they weren't as interested as as I was. So my mum and dad went to the the pub at the end of the court, at the end of the road and I just decided to stay in and watch it. So obviously half time 3-0. The door goes, mum and dad walk in. they brought in a chippy. They've got some food and you know, I was sat watching it, and we had scored. Me mum and dad come in, and my dad went, it's 3-1, I said, oh yeah, we scored early. And he's like, why haven't you told me? He starts telling me, like, why haven't, we, why haven't you told me? Anyway, obviously gets to extra time, 3-3, free, free. we're both stood up watching watching the TV, got to penalties. We won the penalties, and then it was, we were just holding, we were like linked arms. We were just, you know, like hugging each other and jumping around, and. It's one of those memories that, you know, with your parents and when your parents have gone that, you know, I'll sort of always have it was only the three of us, there wasn't loads of people, the atmosphere wasn't amazing, but you know, when when they've when they've passed and they've gone, I will have that memory of the three of us watching, you know, such a what's probably our biggest game, maybe on par with Barcelona ever. And it was just it's not a massive it's not a massive event, it's not a big, you know, sort of, you know, thing, but it was it was it was something that'll live in my memory forever, and obviously the, you know the how how great the game was as well. But that's that's the first thing that comes to my head. But we're so privileged, Liverpool fans, that you can you can reel off so many moments, so many moments. You know, Barcelona and even Dortmund to a, to a, to another extent. Allison's header is quietly you know quite underrated. That was a big moment. Oh, but I s- cried. <laughs> yeah, but exactly. So we are so privileged to support in whatever way we ended up supporting this team, to have came across this team, to support this team, that we have so many moments to choose from. Not every club are lucky enough to have that, but I'd probably say that moment just with me me and my parents, I think, was the standout one.
0: It's beautiful. <laughs> it's just beautiful. And you have so many memories with you and your dad, you know, mm. uh, watching football as well. It's something, you know, that you will carry with you, isn't it?
2: Yeah, very much so. My, my dad had uh, had a season ticket on the third row of the uh, what was then, I still think of it as the Kemlin Road Stand. And, um, uh, you know, going there with my dad, I was there in uh, for a couple of key games. So when I think of. The moments I shared watching Liverpool with my dad, I think of um, Liverpool coming back from two-nil down to win the derby three-two. Uh, John Toshak's second ever game for Liverpool, I think it was. Uh, first goal for Liverpool. I remember that vividly, and, and being so close to the pitch was uh, was it was a memory and uh, and a strange one out of left field was I always remember watching uh, we got beat at uh, home in the I think it was the I think it was the European Cup by Farros, one-nil. And We played on snow, and uh, I remember. I remember that game. It's it stuck with it stuck with me forever. Um, you know, obviously, in those days, you could play football on snow. Doesn't happen no more. Um, but um, they glided across the, s- the snow. We 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 struggled Liverpool on the night, and it's one of those famous defeat Liverpool suffered at Anfield and, uh, and there won't be too many people probably to remember it's 1967 from memory um, that, that have you know that have that one little one in the in the back of their, their, their memory bank
0: it's so nice it's just like with football I, I actually studied this uh, when I wrote my first book um, it's called Liverpool Hearts and it's it's only out in Norwegian so I'm not plugging it or anything <laughs> <laughs> Um But one of the theories uh, of the professor that um, I I had with me as as my main source in how football is impacting uh, people's lives, he said, my theory is that football is improving your memory. And I said, how? And he said, well, because the stronger the emotions are in play when you experience something, um, the stronger the, the memory mark is in your in your memory line, and because um, football is so regularly uh, in your life, you know you get so many memory marks because you have you have so many incidents or or days in your life with strong emotions at play, and that will keep putting like memory marks, and that will help you sort your life, but also. Can, can bring you back to special, special mm. days with special people. And it's, uh, it's also a way of remembering exactly what it was like to be 10. Not yeah. what it was like to be 13 or 16, but you just mm. think of that specific game when you were 10 mm. and you will remember what it was actually like to be 10 years old. It's just a mm. fascinating thing. And we're lucky as supporters to have that, you know, constant memory mm. lane pinches to sort of help us remember uh, our life.
1: Especially with Liverpool, the amount of, you know, good, good, good moments we've had, you know, there's so many, like you say, memory stamps, let's call it, in our brain, because we've had, we've been lucky that there's been so many decent, you know, amazing moments that, yeah, no, but I've never, I've never ever thought of it like that, but that's a, that's fascinating, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's. Yeah, I've never thought of it that way before, but... But
0: think about how many, how many details you guys remember, you know? Mm-hmm. Like you were watching that that day... Yeah, with the game on the snow you know mm. all those nerdy details and just, we're talking like hundreds and well thousands of games
2: really I was 10 but well, I just was 10 the podcast <laughs>
0: but I'm just thinking how many hundreds of, of, of games we remember nerdy details we remember who mm. assisted the goal we remember what minute it was mm. in it's like all these crazy little things that we remember because emotions were so strongly in play I think, which is
2: great I think a few years ago Ago, uh, it's, it's quite common now, I think, or more common. Um, I think one or two clubs have, have used this as a uh, uh, as a, an opportunity to go and help people who are you know having memory problems, Alzheimer's and the like, uh, and going along and speaking about football and. Um, I'm not sure whether Liverpool actually do anything of the same, but certain clubs are known for getting out there and going and talking about football with old old fans, and um, uh, I think it's a great it's a, it is a great thing, and, and obviously those type of things do come back, whereas people obviously forget maybe short term. Memory. They uh, th- those those great days that they experienced watching football uh, sort of brings brings something back. It's a it's a nice it's a nice thing to be involved in. I think.
1: Well, my when my granddad was was ill, you know, a couple of days before he passed away in on this hospital. I remember going into the hospital and one of the first things he said to me is, "What was the Liverpool result?" Aww. And he was he was he was ill, but it just shows that the memory of, of you know of, of Liverpool and and you know it's it sticks in people's you know brains even even someone who like you say struggle with memory alzheimer's or whichever Mm. shows how important the club is and how because people remember what they ate people remember what they wore that day people remember seeing you know seeing someone that they knew or you know seeing something funny that happened or like you say so many little details and it's you can do it now if you you know if you sit there and you think to yourself for a moment you can imagine exactly where you, where you were sat you know who was next to you what you know what it looked like and but then there's some people who go well what did you do yesterday or what did you do last week <laughs> no chance not a chance <laughs> no not a chance
0: <laughs> well that that's so fascinating and also I I was so um, lucky to be able to to do the last official interview ever with both Ron Yates and Tommy Smith when they were already ill with dementia, and to see what they actually still remembered, Mm -hmm. football-related things they remembered, it's so powerful, Mm -hmm. so, so powerful to see. But anyway, let's move on to the the current times. Um, We probably remember them uh, less than we remember than we remember the good old times, because if we go back to uh, Napoli away, we, we probably just want to forget it because it's the greatest loss ever in Champions League for mm. Liverpool Football Club. And I'm wondering, what on earth happened then, David? What what, what went mm. wrong?
2: Well, I think in the last couple of years, I think you, we could pinpoint a couple of uh, sort of outrageous performances, the one I Aston Villa springs to mind. Uh, where did that come from? And I think, and I'd like to hope that this was just... An aberration against uh, Napoli. It was uh, st- extremely high profile, and there's been an awful lot written and spoken about uh, what it meant for you know what it means for, at the moment for Liverpool. But um, I like to think it was just one of those nights when it all went wrong. Uh, some players just really went up to up to their level. I know we've had a, a, a kind of a sleepy start to the, to the season, so I think people are trying to build more into it than maybe. Uh, it actually is f- for me, but um, we, we, were, we were caught napping uh, and that's, that is one of the sort of the watchwords words of, of from any manager, I suppose, get out there and be on your toes right from the off and, and maybe we, we weren't and, and allowing them had opportunity to get the nose in front. It's always difficult to play against an Italian team, anyway, and particularly in Italy. But if you give them a little bit of a, a head start, you make it doubly difficult. And from I think it just went from bad to worse. So I'd like to think it was a one-off. It was. Uh, it, it's nothing to to, to us sort of real angst. I know there are one or two points being made where we we you know needs attention, and I'm sure Jurgen will address that. But I, I think it's. I think it, I'm, I'm inclined to say, you know, it wasn't the end of the world. It was a bad performance. Put it behind us and move on.
0: That's music to my ears. But then also, Kenny, Napoli was really switched on. They yeah. wanted this so much more than us.
1: Yeah, it's so easy to, especially with how good we are, it's so easy. The first thing you do is you, most fans look at your own team. You look at, okay, we've been bad. As opposed to, like you say, complimenting the opposition. I think Napoli was a bit of a come to Jesus moment for, for Klopp and, and the team where I think the previous games Klopp was able to sort of say to himself and maybe the players, there's mitigating circumstances with, you know, with injuries, maybe a bit of physical and, and mental fatigue possibly. So I think he was able to maybe, not necessarily excuses, but use reasons for the past results. But I think the Napoli game was probably the game where he went, right, you know, I'm going to you know there's a few things that I need to address because the performance wasn't up to up to scratch it's it's the basic things you know like the work rate you know the work rate of of the the squad wasn't what we're used to and the this team for so many years it must be so hard mentally to every season go again and go again man city with almost an endless fund you know buying a couple of players. You know, the players have got to look at that and then go okay we're gonna go again we're gonna you know run like mad for 90 minutes we're not gonna give up and a couple of years that's hard but for for what this team have done for so long it must be mentally tiring it must be mentally exhausting and I think we just needed that sort of that reset and Ajax was definitely which I'm sure will come on to Ajax was definitely a you know, almost like a, a new starting block, almost like a, a reset of, OK, the Ajax game is exactly what we expect from the team. Napoli is the complete opposite of what we don't expect, similar to United. But uh, Ajax, OK, this is what we expect. The basics, you know, the the, the pressing as a team, the, the defending as a team, which has never normally been an issue. But, um, yeah, Napoli was just... I think it... It needed to maybe have that type of performance to for for maybe the the team and Klopp to go okay, that's that's it now. We don't ever play as bad as this. We move on, and Ajax was a big was a big sign of that. I think.
2: I think the one thing about uh, you mentioned there, Ken, about um, the intensity and, and stuff like that. Unfortunately, that's the responsibility of all Liverpool players, and and and, and I think inten- intensity certainly last season was enormous. Um, uh, playing every game as a cup final from virtually Christmas inward, um, I, th- I think uh, that 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 is what you know Liverpool. Liverpool ultimately is all about, and and for some it did look like some of them might maybe you know there, there has to be a, re- a reset, um, and we're not going to address all the issues today, but um, I think. Um, we can't use the, the the tiredness thing though as uh, too much of an excuse, you know. And I think I think it is difficult to to play at the level that Liverpool played last season, year after year. But that's what's required, and and the great Liverpool teams of the past were able to do that year after year, and that marks you out as a Liverpool player, uh, and, and whether you'll have a you know a long and and uh, sort of successful career at uh, at uh, you know at, at Anfield.
0: But then again, I'm thinking. Kenny is right in terms of the mental exhaustion because, as you said, we played every single game to the bitter end. Fighting for four trophies never happened before. We never played that many games before. And I think if the outfall of at least one out of the two major ones had gone Liverpool's way, I think that would have generated a lot more energy. But I think the fact that we just came back with the little cups, <laughs> yeah. uh, and it's it's probably not nice to call to call the League Cup and, and the FA Cup for little cups. But compared to you know the the, the Premier League and, and the Champions League, and when you win, when you lose it, sorry, by just one ridiculous goal, both the season. And the Champions League, you know, it probably feels so draining to have given it all, and then you're just left with the the little trophies. I'm
2: inclined to think old school, and and be a little bit. I think you've been more. I think you've been more generous than I would be. Uh, I think having been brought up in an environment surrounded by all the names that we. You know, Shankly, Fagan, Ronnie Moran, where you know you get nothing for for yesterday. It's you know it's tomorrow that counts. Yeah, uh, it, it's you know I'm, I'm inclined to say that is what is part of being thing of Liverpool, and, and I'm not. I think we can find an excuse and say they played to such a level, but I think. You can't afford to say well okay that was last season We might give it a little bit of a break this 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 year yeah. uh, you can't lower yeah. your, you can't lower your standards it's just not we're, we're just in a, in, a, in an environment that just doesn't accept second you know whoever you want to attribute to shank certainly first was first second is nowhere mm-hmm. and if you're not prepared to you know to say well I'm going to be first you know again and again then
1: yeah. Now, I think what surprised me as well is to maybe go not necessarily go back on my point but to counter my own point is the the trophy parade. The players were so invigorated by that you you know Henderson Robert, Robertson Klopp himself you mean you know these players got interviewed and they all said we weren't expecting what we got from this parade. You know we we won the the FA Cup and the Carabao Cup and just missed out on the Champions League in the league, but they weren't expecting so many people. So I thought they would be invigorated and maybe the mental fatigue would be gone or maybe most of it gone because of the positivity at the end of the parade. But, you know, the the you know, the, obviously the Fulham game sort of started and it was just, it didn't look quite like the team. But, you know, Klopp, Klopp, has, Klopp has turned around before. That season we finished third, you know, it was looking, it wasn't looking very good at one point And we we somehow managed to finish third and only one or two wins behind United, who everyone was saying was had a really good season. So you've got, you know, full, full faith in Klopp and the players, full faith in the players. You know, Henderson will be back post when the international breaks over. There'll be a couple of players back. And like I say, the Ajax, I think, could be a real sort of kickstarter because... You know that's the that's the sort of standard now going forward for the rest of the season.
0: So what was different with Ajax? What happened there that made the team look themselves again?
2: Um, I think uh, a kick up the backside would have uh, would have certainly been delivered. I think uh, it was unacceptable the the level of performance in in Napoli. Um, so much so, I mean, all the speculation and the drama, the questions that were. was thrown at the manager, you know, about the manager and there's never any doubt that Jürgen Klinsmann, uh, sorry, 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 (laughs) Uh, Jürgen Klopp is, um, uh, is, you know, think of Liverpool without Jürgen is, uh, is, you know, it it doesn't, it doesn't happen. So, uh, so I'm I'm sure Jürgen is an extremely driven man and and he would have made that, uh, you know, known, I think in in the week that followed. I think it was kind of fortunate maybe that the, the Wol- Wolves game was was postponed. I think it Definitely. didn't do anybody any harm. That, and I think it gave them a chance to, to work on some bits and pieces uh, in Melwood and uh, or the, the academy rather. Um, having a nightmare. <laughs> Kirby, um, anyway.
0: But. Um, <laughs> uh, Training centre. <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. It doesn't trip off the tongue quite like a, like yeah, the other know. one. Um, but uh, no, I, I think I think they the the postponement didn't do us any harm, no. and, uh, and I don't think. It did look more like what we expect, and and uh, it's a good opportunity to you know to under the lights, Champions League night, atmosphere is fantastic. Uh, there is that sort of you know I don't know it, it, it brings out the best, you know not not always the best, but brings out somewhere like the best most times, and um, and and yeah, and, and and that was great. The reaction was was good, and um, you'd like to think that the the, the the point has been made, and the penny's dropped.
0: Also, I would add uh, two key uh, people into the team in terms of Thiago. I think he, you know, in form and playing um, full games is like the missing jigsaw puzzle in the middle there. And also, yeah. my tip, you know, yeah. it makes the defense uh, more solid. It seems like Virgil and him has a much mm. better sort of team. Mm-hmm. Communication going on. I
2: think I think you yeah, I think you're right. I think um, in this period that we're in, you know, this a time, Thiago was so vital to Liverpool. I mean, is uh, I I think you know, without him, we 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 look like we're. we're a a boat without a rudder, sort of thing. there's no real direction. And Thiago makes all the difference. And, and Matip adds that extra type of cover. He, he seems to sniff danger more than, uh, than um, Joe Gomez. I think, you know, we all know, and it, there's, there's much being said about Lipov's vulnerability down the right-hand side, and it does exist. There's, there's no no two ways about it. There is a there is a, a, a an issue that has to you know Lipov have to be aware of. With Kanate and Matip, Lipov f- look far far better and secure. I think in those positions. So mm-hmm. it was important that at least one of them was back. I think you know I think when Kanate is fully fit, I think he's he is. I think now I think he is for me he's ahead of Joel Matip. But uh, but certainly. Uh, on the night, those two changes were were, were vital.
1: I quite often go, I go often quite often go between my favourite free transfer between Milner and Matip. because obviously Matip was a free transfer, and to me Matip is so so important because it strikes me as Van Dyke really respects Matip and really appreciates Matip as a centre back. Um, I know he's a big fan of him anyway, but so that's quite telling how highly Van Dyke rates him. And Tiago, I was I was just about to say with Tiago, he is so important that I think that's the Klopp's next thing to sort of work out is when he when Tiago doesn't play, then we need to still be able to perform at a certain level, even without him, because Tiago is soon going to get to be a point where he's a bit of a luxury player just because of injuries. We're not going to be able to play him every game, especially with the amount of football we play at the moment. He's We are going to need to find some way of being able to fill that void when he doesn't play, because he came on against... It was the game he came on against for, like, 30 minutes, and he made more tackles than... The whole of the defence just in those thirty minutes. That's like that's that's big. And that's that's also, you know, a bit a bit damning of the of the defence in the other midfield, but it shows how important he is. When we signed him, I didn't realise he was someone who tackled as much. I thought he was a guy, you know, fancy made a few passes, you know, but he will throw himself into a challenge and he's he's so, so important. So I think in January or the end of the season, or maybe there's a player in there at the moment who he thinks can do a similar role. Look, there's not loads of Tiago's out there. You can't just go, okay, we're gonna buy Tiago, you know, 2.0, but there needs to be something because like David said, it's completely different. It's completely different when he's not in the team. But he was big, Matib was big, and we defended as a team, we pressed as a team, and just to the you know the general understanding and what's required was was there and again to David's point I think they had a rocket up them which was much needed and it showed, it wasn't 10 out of 10 but you're not going to go from the 5 out of 10 of Napoli straight up to the to 10 out of 10 amazing performances, it's going to be a, a slow sort of build I think
0: On Monday um, we will have the funeral of Queen Elizabeth II the, one of the biggest figures in the world um, in modern times and it's interesting to be in, in Liverpool at this moment as a Norwegian. Because, you know, uh, we also have um, a royal family. We've grown up with that. And our royal family is really sort of down to earth and, and, and quite cool. <laughs> uh, the British royal family is, is a different league in, in many ways. Good and bad, I will say. Um, and a lot of people feared that there would be some booing before the Ajax game. On Tuesday, there and the Wolves game were called off, um, in respect of the Queen, and then the Chelsea game is obviously also called off. Um, were you surprised that everyone paid the respect, David?
2: I don't think it was 100%, I'll be honest. I I think, um, I think think it's that's a discussion for another day why, um. You know, I don't think the. I think the Queen should get 100% back in and, and respect. Um, uh, certainly, I'm very much in favour of the royal family. Um, can't think of Britain without a royal family. If I'm honest, I think what's the alternative? I mean, when we we've seen plenty of people who who head up countries and even uh, cities. Who you know, I would I would not want to put my. Uh, I wouldn't want to put our, pun- our company our Country in in, in in an individual's hands. I'm quite happy to have the the royal family, and I think it should be supported. And um, I'm a little bit disappointed actually, but that, that we that we're we're included in the discussion and uh, has been talked about in various newspapers uh, since. The, you know, I think. You know, at times we—we, I think, I believe we've let ourselves down. I think Uh, I'll be honest—if I'm totally Uh, honest—I think it's it's disappointing. I don't think it would happen at at, uh, you know, with uh, over other you know, over certain other issues.
0: But it is that we're we're not English. We are scouts that comes out, isn't it, Kenny?
1: Yeah, I I won't lie. Before before the game, I was I was concerned that there would be. Just booing throughout the whole of it. Now, I would say there was there was definitely a small portion who you know didn't treat it with the respect that that maybe it should have. But my because I was so concerned that it was going to be ninety percent boos that when when it was maybe seventy percent or seventy five percent that did respect it, I was sort of a bit more. It didn't annoy me as much because. My expectations were maybe low, not of the people of Liverpool, because people of will have their reasons why right or wrong. But I thought, I thought we proved, we proved a lot of people wrong because the the general consensus was that we were going to boo throughout the whole of it. And I think again, people, you know, judge judge Liverpool fans or you know judge scousers, and I think we proved a lot of people wrong. Of course, there was a few reports that. You know, half of them, half of it was getting booed, which wasn't the case. But I could also understand David's point of the people who were booing did let themselves down. I think you just, look, you can have your opinion, but for the sake of a minute, you don't need to, I don't think you need to boo it. I think you can have your opinions, but just show that respect for that, you know, for, for that amount of time and then and then just move on. No one's going to think... No one's going to be pointing at you or judging you because you were quiet for for a minute and you know respecting you know respecting someone who passed away, but it was it was better than what I thought it was going to be, but maybe not not as good as it should have been.
2: Mm. I I agree with that, and I think I I really think f- politics and you know sentiments towards the royal family shouldn't be we shouldn't be brought into the football stadium i really don't believe that that is the place to there are plenty of other opportunities to you know go on a march if you want to or you know then there are countless of those but to uh, to uh, to to make an issue of it at a football stadium um I, i just don't believe it is right i really don't and as you say ken for one minute i think you know just stay quiet
0: yeah. yeah. It's going to be, uh, because of these postponed matches, both now, Wolves and Chelsea, is going to be jammed into such a tight uh, schedule already because of the World Cup. Um, if we look uh, ahead to Brighton, 1st of October, a whole match here, uh, a classical three o'clock kickoff, if I'm remembering right. Um, Brighton started off really, really well. I mean, Brighton is the only <laughs> Uh, there's only one out of three teams who've let in less goals than Liverpool so we have some positives I mean mm. it's only it's only no it's actually just Brighton and yeah Wolves and Tottenham um, they've, they've let in less less goals than Liverpool we've only let in six which is not only really it's quite poor for, for Liverpool we're, we're used to our clean sheets but City's let, let in six goals as well and we've scored the second most goals, but that's obviously thanks to a, a certain 9-0 <laughs> uh, happening, but it doesn't matter. That's what's on the table right now. So we are the second most scoring team. Um, only City scored, scored one more, I think, if I remember right. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, only let in... Um, Six, but Brighton's let in only five, and they are fourth right now. They've had a fiery start, haven't they?
2: Well, credit to Brighton, you have to say, since Graham Potter arrived, that there has been a, a marked improvement, you know, the way that they play, and they've had plenty of admirers. The fact now that he's passed, you know, on to, to Chelsea, um, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how Brighton continue, uh, whether or not because he's taken his staff with him. I mean they will leave behind ideas and theories uh, that's for sure but whether or not they, that leadership that uh, that Potter has given them uh, what the impact what the impact of that will be is it will be interesting so it's going to be a real test Brighton have really they're fighting above their weight clearly you know to be fourth in the table at the moment is uh is, is huge uh, credit to them but um yeah it's going to be it's going to be a little bit uh, of an unknown and uh, not much opportunity really for us to uh, uh i mean when we play brighton as you say we'll have had a big long break hopefully everything will be sort of uh, running smoothly at that point and um they, they proved difficult last year, Brighton at uh, at Anfield. and um, you know yeah, you don't know quite what to expect. This one is going to be really un- uh, an unknown, I think. Under well, will they have a uh, a manager firmly in place, or will it still be under sort of an interim sort of situation?
1: Well, it's um, I think it's actually Adam Lallana who's going to be managing them that day for the moment. But, but, yeah, obviously, and that's to get someone in, which will be interesting now. If I was Adam Lallana, I'd be pretty much saying to them, "Let's carry on what we were doing. You know, we know how we were playing under Potter. Let's just try and, you know, do that." I think an early goal is is really big. If we get an early goal, will their mentality sort of, you know, will their heads go down? Will they go, okay, well, we haven't got we haven't got Potter, here. and will they also think dangerously? Is it a bit of a free hit for us? Is anyone really expecting us to to? to beat Liverpool or get a point against Liverpool when we don't have a permanent manager in, there's a bit of upheaval at the moment, there's a bit of, you know, unknown about the, about the club. So it can be a dangerous game, but it is a game that again, with Potter gone and that, that, that sort of confusion and, you know, sort of, you know, mystery with the, with the club. I think we should be, I think we should be beating them. And also like say that the break is a decent amount of break. I think there's a couple of players back from, um, possibly back from injury, Tiago again. Tiago hasn't made the Spain squad, so Tiago will will have had a bit more rest, which again is important. Henderson hasn't went won't be playing for England, which is again important. He'll be back, so I think I think the, after the IS game, it's gonna it's gonna start looking a lot more positive. I think you're going to be looking at the bench going, wow, that bench is a lot stronger than what it was against Napoli, but if Brighton play like they have been and what they can, then it'll be a dangerous game, but I'm fairly, I'm fairly confident, fairly confident.
0: And then we have Rangers after that on the Tuesday and they haven't had the best start to be honest for them. They've let in seven goals and haven't scored one for the last, no, sorry, for the first two uh, Champions League group stage games.
2: Mm. I've, pick, I've picked up on uh, Rangers a lot since the Stevie connection. Um, they're not, they're not top quality at all. I watched the game the other night uh, with Napoli uh, and okay, they battled for a while, which they would do at home because you know they, they, they've got great support there. But ultimately, class showed uh, and, and Napoli do have a you know, a classy front line and some good midfield as well, uh, and ultimately it was no surprise to see the Rangers beaten very, very comfortably. Even though the goalkeeper, you know, saved what two penalties. Uh, but um, uh, yeah, it'll be an exciting night. I mean, first first visit for Rangers to to Anfield. Um, I mean, there have been links drawn to you know the the, the Scottish teams to Liverpool down down the years. They're going to bring. You know, many more than will get in, for sure. I think it'll be an invasion, <laughs> <laughs> if I'm honest. Um, but you know, it, it, it's a great opportunity for us as champion, You know, as the Champions League cup program goes, two games against Rangers at this point. I mean, I'm looking to think Liverpool can take six points out of these next two games. Uh, that puts you on nine, and most of the most of your work is done. Then you've got your two games uh, with Ajax and, the, uh, and Napoli again. It's. Uh, I think it's. I think the fixtures have fallen quite well for us. Really, we we blew it in Napoli, obviously, but uh, now I think the program looks quite
1: good. Yeah, I think with with Rangers, it's just a matter of playing. You know, playing to our abilities, not not playing the occasion. You know, we know we're better. You know, don't get too because they're they're going to be loud. Their way end's going to be loud. They're going to try and make things difficult for us. We just need to stay calm. You know. Stay collected. We know we're better. Like you say, the quality does show. Napoli's quality did show. Rangers did have a couple of chances, but Napoli, at the end of the day, with a better team, that's just what we need to do. You know, in there away end down, maybe get an early goal. And then, you know, just, I think at home, it'll be a lot easier. Away, away at Rangers, they're going to be really loud. Their support is really good. But at home, I think it should be our quality should be, and again with all the players back, you know the the squad looking better. Hopefully, three points in Brighton, the confidence will be up. Um, it'll be a great game, though. It'll be it'll be really really good to watch. I'm actually really excited. Um, one of my friends is a big big Rangers fan. He's lived in in Liverpool for for a decent number of years now, so he cannot wait. He's always wanted us to play against him just so he can try and get one over on me. But um, <laughs> but now it will be. It'll be really good, and we haven't played them. When was the last time we played them? I never played Rangers. No, so it's it's no, no so it's, it'll be yeah. a, and the Rangers Rangers fans will be okay. They'll be good. I think they'll be in in decent spirits, but hopefully, <laughs> uh, hopefully. I think hopefully. I think well, I, just, that's, that's, I uh, think it's just <laughs> the occasion.
2: The, the key thing will be the occasion, and and the thing about Champions League doesn't matter whether you win one 0 it's a wins a win. Uh, and and class will ultimately win over against Rangers, I'm sure of that because uh, they're poor in in reality that you know they're not great they're not great um, uh, at this point at this moment I don't think I don't think they're really great they they, they show some great character to qualify ultimately through the through the qualifying rounds but uh, class will tell and, and if you beat Rangers 1-0 or 2-0 it won't matter a win a win will be a win and, and that's the and, and that's the key but the OK yeah, Liverpool and Liverpool should have enough experience to, to put that aside and, and to you know to, to work out what, what is what is needed and, and how to react
0: well, I am sure we will react really smoothly on, on October the 1st when we meet Brighton and also when we meet Ranger on the Tuesday the 4th. Until then, everyone listening all over this, uh, this planet of Earth, uh, thank you so much for listening or watching. If you watched us on YouTube, you can also go in on Hotel Tia's YouTube channel and see this program in particular um, with colour. Colour? Color TV, TV and see the beautiful green jumper, the the, the the tribute to Ray Clemens on David today. For once, not light blue. We like that a lot. Um, my name is Ragnhild
2: Lund-Ansnes. And until next time, take care and all the best.